forever. Dog. Hey everybody, I am Gabe Gonzalez and you are listening to the QWERTY Podcast. This is a weekly show from QWERTY and Forever Dog, truly the most blessed of unions, where I will be covering news, politics, and pop culture that is impacting the LGBTQ community, that is in our orbit, so to speak. The center of our universe is us, but what are the things around us? And every week we will invite a guest uh, to hang out a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna hang, we're gonna reflect on the week, and we're gonna keep it cute. Those are my three mandates, all right? Every week. It's lovely. This week, we are going to be talking about a few headlines that I have read on QWERTY.com and want to share with you all, including a surprising group telling the Vatican to stick it, which award ceremony will probably be missing from your TV next year, and why one former adult performer ran for office on a platform that makes even the British monarch look progressive on LGBTQ issues. There's a lot of things happening this week. Plus, we've got a really exciting guest, an L.A.-based writer and actress with the range to be known as both an official Disney character and an expert at thirst traps. She's written for places like Netflix and HBO, and she recently hosted the first annual Critics' Choice Super Awards on The CW. Danny Fernandez will be joining us. So later on, I'll be asking her to nerd out with me a little bit, talk about what, if anything, is keeping her hopeful for the future, and ask her to dish on the iconic actresses that made her realize she isn't straight. But first, got to get to those headlines in a quick roundup of my favorite QWERTY stories from the week we like to call Catch Her Up. German Catholic churches are defying the Vatican and blessing same-sex couples. Uh, So four Catholic churches recently held services in May to bless several married gay couples in Germany and defy the Vatican's guidance that churches should not bless same-sex unions. Uh, They are expected to be the first of several churches in the country to go against the Catholic Church's rule in an inclusive gesture aimed toward queer couples looking for a third, as long as he's the son of God and willing to fill them with the Holy Spirit. A grassroots initiative in Germany has organized more than 100 services throughout the country where same-sex relationships will be blessed. And as a former Catholic who knows his way around even the fattest of rosary beads, I've got to say, it is nice to see priests standing up to the Vatican's homophobia instead of calling up the Vatican to help them cover up a crime. So I'll take a tiny win where I can, you know? All right, our second headline of the week, NBC has canceled the Golden Globes, at least for 2022. After a series of studios, including Netflix, Amazon, and Warner Media, also said they'd be boycotting the awards run by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, that group has actually faced criticism for a while now, including a letter signed by some of Hollywood's most well-known black actors and directors calling out the HFPA for not having a single black member in their voting body, which may explain why black achievements in film and TV seem to be often overlooked at the Globes. Other groups have also lent their support to demand meaningful reform within the HFPA, including Time's Up, the Directors Guild of America, and GLAAD. The LGBTQ organization actually issued a statement in February of this year ahead of the Globes, which still aired. Uh, And that statement read, Glad stands in solidarity with Time's Up color of change and all who are calling on the Hollywood Foreign Press Association to do better in light of the recent news about not having any black members for the Golden Globes in decades. Though data for LGBTQ members of the HFPA has not been released, we encourage and implore the HFPA to address these loud calls for change in an intersectional way by including LGBTQ and other diverse communities. No news yet on whether it'll come back for 2023 on NBC, but uh, they've certainly opened up that possibility. And finally, our last headline of the week, uh, which is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a mishmash of weird headlines from the UK right now. The UK Queen announced an upcoming conversion therapy ban, uh, which she supports and announced in a ceremonial speech at the beginning of Parliament. 
I will say, I did do some light research on QWERTY.com and on some British outlets. And I realized that technically she has like nothing to do with passing this legislation, right? She like consents to laws, but doesn't actually work to, to draft them. And then the, the things she's reading, like the priorities for the UK government, aren't even like her remarks. They're remarks written by the prime minister and assumed to reflect the new governing body's priorities. And I would criticize this, but I do feel like the queen is very much doing what I used to do in group projects, which is let everyone else do the research and the work but speak the most during the presentation to siphon all the praise. Like, truly, what gay can't relate? And while even Boris Johnson has expressed support to ban the abusive and medically debunked practice, saying it has no place in civil society, the catch is that members of his own cabinet have resigned from an LGBTQ advisory panel over how slowly he's moved to actually get the practice banned. In other oddly adjacent political news, a former gay porn performer turned politician ran on a platform that makes both Boris Johnson and the ceremonial figurehead of the British Empire look progressive on LGBTQ issues. Philip Tanzer, whose stage name was Logan McCreary, ran for parliament in Scotland as a self-avowed ex-gay who aligned with the far-right men's rights movement and ran with the Scottish Family Party, uh, a group that calls LGBTQ inclusive education a radical ideology of sexuality. So that's a platform, I guess. I'm going to say, if the head of a racist monarchy is outflanking you on human rights and LGBTQ issues, you know you've got some work to do. And that does include the United States, where there is still no federal ban on so-called conversion therapy, and it's actually only been banned by 20 uh, out of the 50 states. So I'll let y'all chew on that a little bit. But now you're all caught up. All right. And it is time for the most exciting part of our show. We get to bring on our guest. As I mentioned earlier, our guest is an L.A.-based writer and actress whose writing has appeared in the book The Good Immigrant USA and who's been seen as a host for places like E! News, Nerdist, Funimation, The CW, and Disney. She can be seen as herself in Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet. She wrote on the upcoming Netflix show Girls on the Bus as well as the HBO Max show More and has appeared in several episodes of Sci-Fi's The Great Debate. She recently sold a half-hour pilot based on her own life to HBO Max called 1% Happy. Please welcome to the podcast a badass and a nerd and a part-time wizard who I am so thrilled <laughs> to have on the show, Danny Fernandez. How oh my are gosh, you? you did so many of my credits. <laughs> you know, I, I know I like when mine are mentioned, you know what I mean? So I try to sandwich in as many as I can. This is no limits on toppings. It is a tough business, so I appreciate it. Normally people are like, how would you like to be known? I'm just like writer, actress, that's fine. And you like did did a bulk of my uh, a bulk of my credits. Thank you. We, we gotta do the pa- the full pageantry, all right? Because A, every guest deserves it. And B, it's fun. I like to know. Mm-hmm. I like to that's know. That's true. I've learned yeah. some new things about folks that I've had on the show as well, projects I didn't know about. So yeah, it's wild. Anytime I'm feeling bad about myself, which is often in this business, because it'll do that. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like, oh, damn, she did. Wow, I did do that. Damn. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's wild. Every now and then my mom will like message me a link and be like, remember this? And it's like something from forever ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, I did that. And it's not so bad. Like, that was all right. Yeah, we're (laughs) hustling. We're out here hustling. Truly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Again, I don't know. It is a really cool resume. As I said, the range there is really, it's fantastic. I love it. Like, you're truly just like jack of every trade. Yeah, that. And I also do feel I'm hoping that I'm able to kind of walk this line of being sex positive Mm -hmm. and still being, you know, I I often bring this up that like because people will kind of lob that at me with being in Ralph, but also, you know, I'm I'm a grown ass woman who's making, you know, content for queer women 
uh, for everyone, but specifically, hopefully, queer women of color. And I mean, we're 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 out here. We're dating. We're we're being, you know, we're we're being adults. And so yeah. I feel like no one ever says that to John C. Riley, who's literally Ralph. And I'm like, he's like in Step Brothers, like you know, amongst all the other things that he's done, that's very not for kids. So <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I would just I would just love the same, you know, treatment that my you know adult comedies are for adults, and the animated stuff I do is you know for everyone. So yeah. That's a great way to put it. When you you do kind of weight against cis white straight actors, it's it's like queer people, women of color, queer women of color are often, I think, targeted with this sort of criticism that their peers would not necessarily face. It's so funny. I was reading about Lil Nas X this week as well, who's been asked the same questions. And it's like, yes. you don't really ask a lot of other singers. It's like, no. well, what, what do you think about kids responding to your sexualized lyrics? And I, I think it's because he is a, a queer person of color. Um, mm-hmm. People are like, well, well, why are you doing this? I don't know. It's it's almost like there's there's that added scrutiny sometimes. I also think we're heavily fetishized. Mm-hmm. We really are. I think we're seen as like this exotic, like lover type situation. And so just immediately when we're involved, it's sexy, like just by us being there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we have that added bit to it where, you know, maybe our some of our straight white male colleagues are kind of seen as like, oh, well, he's the goof and he, you know, he's not sexy. So it's fine that he's doing all this. You know, there was such a rise in that in comedy in the aughts, like the 2000s. And it was like the, you know, loser guy, the like Michael Sarah type of thing. But it's like they're doing a bunch of sex comedies, you know, about like trying to bang the hot girl in high school or whatever. And but they're not seen in the same way that we are. So when they're involved. Yeah, I, I like I remember I went back and like I think I stumbled across a scene from like super bad and then the 40 year old version. I, I I went down this like rabbit hole of old movies and I was like, nobody was like, what are the kids going to do if they see that? You know what I mean? Like right. I watch those now and I'm like, I saw that when I was that age. OK, cool. Like, great. Like, <laughs> I yeah. guess the teens have like euphoria now. But see, even that's edgy in a thoughtful way. It's not like gross out like. Ugh. Right. Kind of sex humor, but we talked a little bit earlier about some of like I guess the negative things in in the industry that are are coming to light that have taken maybe a little too long to be addressed. And do you think that's something that is is maybe changing that people are more conscious of of the way like particularly Latinas women of color are, are kind of fetishized? And do you see maybe that that needle moving at all? I don't know if I see it necessarily moving. With us, I think that the thing that I do see moving a tiny bit more is like bad men being outed Mm -hmm. um, and people willing to like take a stand to not work with them. I still think there's so many that people are not aware of. And I also think Mm -hmm. that a lot of the responsibility falls on us, like particularly women. I have outed multiple men for people that have followed me for years. Um, I always hate another thing is when people make assumptions, they're like new to my page and they're like, why Mm -hmm. aren't you speaking up on this? And I'm like, yo, like, (laughs) look at the archives. (laughs) Like I have, I've literally had like the Hollywood reporter hit me up about speaking up on, on men that I've, I've, you know, come out. But I also think like that shouldn't be, that's not why I moved here. That's like, no one ever hits up my male colleagues. No one ever tags them. So like when Crystalia and stuff, when that was happening, people were tagging me and I'm like, I've never met this man. But like, sure. Yes, I did do a thread on him, but I'm like, are you tagging my male colleagues? Most of you aren't. 
And like whenever someone's like, oh, you know, um, if there's another female actress or comedian who is going through something, who's outing someone, I get tagged as like, Danny, look like, you know, you you need to use your platform to help her. And I'm like, you need to use your thing. You need right. to get all of your guy friends together because I have taken so many of these bullets. Like my shield is riddled with them. And I'm just really exhausted. I think be I don't like being seen as the poster child for trauma. I speak Mm -hmm. up about trauma a lot, but I don't think that means that you should tag me. Same with issues in our community. It It would be like, you know, something horrible would happen and we would get tagged like, did you see this? And I'm like, yes, we see this all the time. And this is actually very triggering. This is, you know, I try to not do that. Let's say with my trans friends is like, okay, if there's a murder, I'm not going to tag them and be like, did you see this? They are aware of that. And why aren't you actually doing something instead? Um, so that is, that is something I deal with still a ton is people thinking that the community that is being affected the most needs to be, you know, the loudest on it. And I feel like a lot of times we need to protect ourselves. Totally. Yeah. It's like oftentimes those communities have already been bearing the brunt of this for so long and nobody's listened. So like the audacity of like plugging your ears and then turning around and being like, can you say that one more time for me is just like wild. On the flip side, I so I feel like you like me have sought out a lot of really fun, positive television and stories. And I feel like I have kind of, you know, I think it's really easy to get angry. And I have found that like sometimes a better use of my time is finding people and projects that inspire me or I want to support more loudly than I might complain about something. So I'm, I'm wondering... If there are any people or, or shows that that do right now maybe make you feel a little hopeful about the future of this industry for marginalized communities. Yeah, I mean, I think that they still, you know, tackle trauma, I guess, because they they need to. But Pose is like one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, I just I adore it so much. I'm like so addicted to all of those characters. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me happy that it is winning awards, that it is seen as award worthy to, you know, uh, this industry industry that doesn't look like most of the people in Pose um, or have the background. So that is definitely one. I would say another one would be Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, love. Again, that's like straddling the animation. Animation uh, is not a genre. It's a medium. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they're constantly trying to say, like, just because it's animated doesn't mean it's for kids. Um, Although I, I would say, like, I think you know, high schoolers and stuff, maybe even middle school would be fine Mm -hmm. with, with Harley Quinn. Uh, but getting to see two bi characters being bi and being hilarious. And, you know, she deals with trauma in her own way with the Joker, uh, being a victim of abuse. And so I just, I actually really adore that show and how fun it is. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that that show exists as well. Yeah, that was really fantastic. That was also something I watched during the pandemic. I had never seen before. And there were just two seasons like sitting there on HBO max. And I was like, where have I been? And it is again, so beautiful to like see characters that are by, and it's, there's no, like, I don't, I don't know. There's no like agonizing over that. Um, right. there's, there is interpersonal personal conflict, but it's never like a coming out story. It's never like this trauma about sexual identity. Uh, it's it's a very kind of beautiful story of self-discovery. And it's it is kind of great to see, again, this medium be allowed to explore uh, those more complex kind of like emotional themes. And it's just really damn funny. It's really 
sharp. It's tight. Wanda Sykes in that show really like sent me over the edge. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And then another one, this one, you know, isn't necessarily led. It does have a diverse cast, but um, everyone that follows me knows I'm obsessed with Ted Lasso. And yes. so <laughs> Danny Rojas in it, I'm like the fact that <laughs> he's not dealing with like a hate crime or his parents mm-hmm. being deported or like his, you know, whatever, like he just gets to be, he's actually the most joyous character in that show. I <laughs> yeah. think is 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 great. I think that that's him getting to just be his lovable, fun loving self without having like a tremendous amount of trauma like attached to him is great because that we do need that. We should be able to have stories that are just like lighthearted and carefree and we can be dumbasses with our friends. And so I am in love with that show and that character. Yeah. Going back to Pose, I think I love that point that you made that we should be allowed to be carefree. I love the um the heist scenes that we saw in season one. And then again, like recently in this season, I don't know if you're all caught up. I don't want to spoil anything. I but... haven't seen this season yet. Okay, Then I'm not going to say anything else. I know we're like else. two or three episodes in, yeah. but okay. But even that heist scene from season one, I think just those moments of kind of like irreverence and joy where it's like, they're not going to get arrested at the end. The stakes aren't, you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to mm-hmm. like let this beautiful, like wild moment happen. Like my mom just texted me about Pose this morning, which is wild to me because I grew up like very Catholic. My mom threw shoes at me when she found out <laughs> I was gay. You know what I mean? It's like, and so it's like my sister is watching Sorry, it. Sorry, I didn't mean to like, laugh, but like no, no, my but family's like, also yeah, very Catholic. My family <laughs> yeah, is the right. most Catholic. So yeah. Yeah. When you're raised Catholic, it's kind of shocking to see other people that are like Catholicism is what we do. Be like, hey, I watched this amazing show written by a gay black Puerto Rican man about the trans community in New York in the 90s. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) you've only been alive 30 years and we've made these little baby strides, but this is good. Yeah. And I want to say like, you know, I write about trauma. Like that's in my, not in all my shows, but that is in some of my shows because I I want to, but I feel we're often only allowed to tell those stories. And so that's the difference Mm -hmm. is I think we should be able to tell this. I think we should have our own friends. Like friends had no, (laughs) no stakes. I mean, I guess it did the little like Ross and Rachel, you know, stuff (laughs) and like uh, Chandler and and Monica trying to have a baby and what I I remember way too much. Wow. About that show. (laughs) I know you're like, let's um, (laughs) go over every season. There were complex. Yeah. Like, but what I'm saying is we should be allowed to get to choose. Mm -hmm. And so while I, it's so necessary because we have barely had any stories at all that we let people know what life is like for us. Mm -hmm. I also would like it to be like, you know what? I actually don't feel like educating (laughs) y'all today. And I just want to make my dumbass show about my dumbass friends. Yeah. So I think we should be allowed to have both. I think they're both necessary. Yeah, that's a really good point. Just having the option or or even having the range. um, It's just like, I guess you don't realize how much of a a luxury it is for (laughs) for some communities to have like an array of of roles to choose from. Um, Yeah, I was really excited to see MJ Rodriguez is also like already set up to do another project post pose. um, And it has nothing to do with like the HIV AIDS epidemic in the 90s. It's like, but you know, again, it's beautiful that we can see an actress decide to take on that range, right? Be like Mm -hmm. this, this project and then this comedy after. Yeah. I think now would be a great time for us to maybe take a short break. And when we get back, I want to talk to you about like fan art, dream roles, and uh, some of your viral Twitter prompts. One in particular, if I may. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Danny. (laughs) 
All right, and we are back with a QWERTY podcast. We, you weren't gone too long. We didn't go anywhere. I'm your host, Gabe Gonzalez. I am here with my guest, Danny Fernandez. And I would like to bring up a phenomenon I have seen on the internet with you, if I may. Okay. I feel like you have a lot of folks that love drawing fan art of you, which to me is just like such a lovely gesture. It's like a weirdly intimate one, but also a very lovely gesture sometimes, I guess, depending on how it turns out. Um, but like you, there was like Mandalorian fan art. It's like we're casting Danny in the Mandalorian. People are like, this comic book character looks like you. So I want to know if you have ever let yourself go there. Like if you've ever been like, all right, if I could pick any sci-fi or superhero character from any universe or work, I'd be this. Yeah. Gosh, I have a couple just because I grew up in those worlds. And it is funny because several of those characters do look like me. Mm -hmm. And then I later found out because I have a ton of showrunners and directors and comic book artists who follow me. Some of them are using my stuff. <laughs> Some Wait, of them, so it is. <laughs> yes. So, so like there's a couple. I'm in a Valiant comic. I'm in obviously Ralph. I'm in. Um, there's another comic book I can't even think of, but like the artist um, was like, yep, that's Danny. And, and I'm like, what? I think it's also because I do, you know, you brought up my thirst traps. Those a lot of people do use those as um, inspiration when they're doing, you know, when you're uh, working with a nude model or what, which mine aren't nude, but like, you know, when you're working with a model and so you use that as reference. Totally, so a yeah. lot of people are using like, I have a super strong jaw, which by the way, everyone, when I broke out onto the scene, used to make fun of me for and people, oh, mainly yeah. white men, right? Because they're yeah. not used to like anything different. They were like, you're uh, too manly or her jaw is too big. You look like a linebacker, like all these things. Oh, God, yeah. And so it's funny because some people are really into that. And that has actually set me apart from other people. So yeah, so I definitely have. Yes, because I, I was talking to a showrunner and I was like, hey, so, you know, if you ever have anything I can audition for and they're like, oh, I literally put you in my pitch. Yes. Like you're literally, you literally have inspired <laughs> yeah. one of the characters. Um, and I can tell there's a couple characters that have come out that are named Danny that like match a lot of my stuff. <laughs> and yeah, like some of them are like the into name. DBZ and like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> um, can I audition for this? So yeah, one, I think one, one character that I feel I look a lot alike is Jessica Cruz. Um, and Ooh. I love her from Green Lantern. We have the same jaw and look. I think uh, being in Star Wars would obviously be like a dream come true. I haven't decided if I want to be a hero or a villain. Oh, that's a crucial. Yeah, that's a tough choice. Because I feel I have like the jaw shape of a villain. So <laughs> <I love that. laughs> you're like, look, the jaw screams villain. Yeah, yes. it could cut you. It's so sharp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I haven't quite decided. I think... I think I kind of give off like the heroine type of vibes. Like whenever I'm auditioning, I'm like, oh, she's cute. Yeah, she's I would be friends with her. Um, so I'd be curious to see like how villainous I could get. Yeah, like a turncoat, like that mm -hmm. act two twist, right? We yes. think you've been the hero all along. And then there's that reveal. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I love it. Let's not give anyone any more ideas, though. Let's okay. make sure you profit before we, we go down that road. <laughs> just hit me up. I'll probably do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I'm so I'm like so fascinated. If I can ask, how did that Ralph 
part come about? Like, what is it like seeing an animated you on the television screen? I feel like it's a very rare experience for folks. <laughs> yeah. So um, they actually hit up several people because he was going into the Internet for the mm-hmm. sequel. So they hit up several real life people from the Internet that have like big followings. And one I know was Flula Borg. Um, another was... I can't even remember my fellow co-star people. But yeah, so it was like several people that either blew up on YouTube or, you know, whatever, or were big gamers. They had a couple of big gamers in there. And then they needed someone who represented like the BuzzFeed, um, YouTube dynamic that was that kind of represented that era. Mm. And I had hosted on like Nerdist and Geek and Sundry, like E and I think I had maybe hosted with Disney by that time, but I was like, you know, DC. I I had just been on so many panels and Comic-Con panels. And so they hit me up directly. I think people think I audition, but you don't really audition to play yourself. Like, you know, like like, who could we? Yeah. (laughs) So they were basically like, hey, do you want to be in a movie about video games and the Internet? And I knew they were talking about Ralph. um, And So at first, though, she didn't really look like me. She kind of was just like a sim, like placeholder, I think. Oh, whoa. Okay. And honestly, like the lines the morning of when I went in to do it, which was at the Burbank, the Walt Disney uh, Animation Studios in Burbank, which is very cool. Hmm. Uh, When I went in, I like got my lines there when I (laughs) so I was like, oh, I haven't even like gotten time to practice. Wow. They were like Um, fresh read, baby. We're mm -hmm. doing it. Yes. All right. Wow. But the best thing about being a host was I did it a couple of times and there were like, how would you say this? And I said, oh, well, I'd be like, hey, it's Danny Fernandez. You know, welcome to such and such. Because I would I would do like Nerdist News or whatever. I'm like, hey, Danny Fernandez, you know, welcome to fangirling at Nerdist. So in today's top stories, and they're like, oh, do that. And so that's how I ended up just like actually saying my full name and everything in it. And like, literally, they just made her I feel bad for whoever watched me. I actually feel very vulnerable. (laughs) Somebody had to watch a bunch of my videos to animate me. And they like copied my, the way that she talks, like they copied my jaw movements. They copied my hand movements. And so it was very, um, it was very personal. (laughs) It was a little intimate. I was like, she's a little too much like me. Like I'm a little (laughs) called out. They got me too good. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little, I'm like, she talks way too much with her hands. She like talks more out of the corner of one mouth than the other. I'm like, wow, you didn't have to go this far. This (laughs) is aggressive. It's like when those like uh those artists uh, those pencil artists in the park just like go in on the one detail in your face where you're oh, like okay yes. all right man like yeah <laughs> that's what I was gonna say when you brought up the fan art which uh-huh. I do love and I share um, but sometimes it's a little <laughs> sometimes it can be a little offensive yeah like a caricature artist I know Issa Rae shared some of her fan art and she was like it's on site. Like somebody had made like her face just way too big and like certain features too big. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, this is not a fan. It's there's a range. There's a back when I was like doing those little internet videos for for a hot second. And again, that early aughts era, there was like this uh, this amazing Italian artist. He was gay. He was so sweet. He sent me a drawing he made of me, and I was like, I'm gonna make this like my Gmail profile picture. It was my profile picture on social media. It was great. And so I had a very high bar. And mm-hmm. then like a year later, someone just like tagged me in an Instagram photo, and it was. I'm, I, there's a lot, and I don't want to figure out who it is, but it was just so ugly, and I liked it. And they were like 
did you appreciate this? And I was like, thank you so much. I wow. love this. <laughs> just, I was like, man, you just dug into every feature that I am insecure about and magnified yep. it. It was wild. But yeah, so anyway, just <laughs> yeah. being on the internet sometimes, I guess. It's it's a sweet gesture, but it's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them I share, some of them I don't. And that's okay. That's yeah, okay. That's fine. I have right? boundaries. They all exist. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of things that have happened on the internet, I, I love your Twitter presence in general. And I know we've been talking about like distancing ourselves from social media pre-show a little bit. So I've been focusing on things I think are, are fun, right? Or that might help people in need, amplifying voices um, that, you know, I think need to be amplified. But also I think there's there's room for a lot of fun. And you did this prompt a while back that I think went pretty viral and I thought was fantastic. And you just wrote, what person slash piece of media did you see that made you realize you weren't straight? And I just immediately started scrolling through because I thought the responses were fascinating. <laughs> and I had to add my own from a telenovela in the 90s that my mom used to watch. Um, but I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit about yours? Who or what were, were yours? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Several, which were later. So these came out when I was younger, but it was something that I saw, you know, when I was later, like maybe in middle school or something. One would be Clue. I think I posted mm. that in there. The whole cast of Clue, I was like, <laughs> I'm anyone in this cast (laughs) everyone is so like oh like different levels of it like they're just like different kinds of attractive you know but um mrs white a hundred percent yvette the maid she knew what she was doing she knew she knew (laughs) miss scarlet oh my gosh that dress was falling off like every it just seemed like she was gonna show something that she wasn't supposed to at every moment. They must have had to tape her very specifically because that dress was woof. Taped in tighter than RuPaul. Yeah. (laughs) But also Tim Curry, you know, like he was also like so sexy. And so um, that Cassandra in Wayne's World, which I don't even think I saw until I was Oh, she was so cool. She she was so cool and hot. She was way better than the men. She could like play guitar. She was way cooler rock star. She was she's so fine. And then my OG girlfriend Selma Hayek, of oh, course. Always. Always. I actually love her like one of my favorite rom-coms is Fools Rush In. <gasps> Mine too. Dude, I don't everyone's like this is offensive. I'm like, "Okay, but like our families are actually like that." That's the thing. My mom loved watching it. She yes, was like, my family yeah. always watched it. <laughs> and it's so funny because now people try to come back and like, oh, this is so I'm like, but what a, what about it is offensive? Like I get like, I think it's only a stereotype if it's like not true. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's very Catholic. My family is super Catholic. They believe in signs. She believes in signs. They're like always lighting candles. They're like, you know what I mean? And it just felt very, uh, my dad is super machismo and like protective and like, yeah. So that, that to me was, was reminded me of my family and they watched it all the time. That's funny. Like a bunch of us do watch that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's she's smoking hot and amazing and hilarious. She's also very funny. She I think people is, forget yeah. that because she's she's you know so gorgeous. But yeah, so she's always been my crush. Yes, forever. another famous Latina with the range and an yes. owl. Her owl story. I was like, oh, you own an owl. All right, I mm-hmm. love this. Like just mm-hmm. she's on her own plane and wavelength, and I love it. It's really aspire to reach those heights. Yes. I always bring up how she knows that I like have a crush on her because (gasps) 
somebody tweeted about the bachelorette who I guess was like 35 or something. And they were like, ill gross. And I was like, Selma Hayek's like 54 and I would ruin my life for her. <laughs> and I didn't tag her cause I'm not weird. She's also right. the only one that I do say that about. I try yeah. to, you know, a lot of these actors I have to work with and audition with, and like, I'm not trying to be unprofessional. And so she was the only one and she was like, thank you, Danny. Oh. <laughs> and she like, she like screenshot it and posted it on Instagram <laughs> and tagged me. So like she took so much work to like make sure it was hilarious. So I'm like, she's the only one because she thinks it's funny and hot. Everyone else, though, I like will quietly lust out unless they're like an animated character. But but I don't actually I think people think that I lust after other actors, but I don't actually ever do that. Just Selma Hayek, who yeah. screenshotted it. Bless her heart. I love that. Mm-hmm. She was like, you can't delete this, Danny. I have it forever. <laughs> <laughs> true. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> true. True. I love that. I'm going to let you go soon, but before I do, I would like to play a little game with you, if I may. Okay. And today we are introducing a new game to the QWERTY podcast. This game is called Give It To Me Straight. And in this game, we are going to take a canonically straight thing, a person, place, or thing, a noun, and we're going to sell it to the LGBTQ community, okay? We're going to queer the text, Mm. the canon so to speak. So we're going to ask you to take a straight thing and give us three reasons why it's queer now or why it belongs to the queer community. Maybe it's queer coded. Maybe it's been explicitly queer and held captive by the straights all along. And uh, you can choose your own topic. But I do also have a few prompts for you to choose from as well. Okay. Wow. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, cool. You would like the prompts or you got the topic. Okay, cool. So your prompts today are uh, cargo shorts, Sitting normally in chairs. This is us. B movie. Gender reveal parties. Or finally, friends. You can choose from any of those topics. Wow. 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 Okay. I'm so tempted to do B movie because there's like (laughs) a screenshot where it looks, she's like, in bed with a bee. I don't know, but it looks just like me. And I was like, see, again, <laughs> you guys are using, you are using, I should bring that up. I'll do a, I'll, maybe I'll do B movie and cargo shorts. The thing about B movie is I feel, I feel honeybees are ours. We are, we, we own honeybees. We also own honey. I also like to say, you know, whenever I post a thirst trap, I'm like, you know, just seeing who falls into the honey pot. <laughs> so it's true. You know, some people be digging into the honey pot. So I feel like that the color yellow is ours. I don't I don't feel straights get to have it. That's so <laughs> they don't deserve yellow. <laughs> so um yeah, I feel like if you're willing to experiment with a bee, it means you're experimental. And how could you fight against that? Bees are like the next level to furries, I feel like. So I do love that. That's true. And bees are into some real fun, different dynamics that expand on on what we're used to. You know what I mean? True. Remember, don't they explode after they're done mating or something? Yeah. And they like <laughs> the men like die. I'm just going to say the men not, like they die them, once yeah. they <laughs> uh, there's a queen bee. Right. Yeah, so that's already go. like against the patriarchy because she's the queen and they all, they will literally die for her, which I respect and wish that more people did that for me. Buzz, buzz, new trend for 2022, queer bees. Okay, I'm going to show you this and you're going to be like, wow, why is Danny in this photo? See, I swear to God, everyone just uses... Wait! (laughs) Hold 
god. Are you dead? Okay. Yeah, I'm dead. Do you see that face? <laughs> I absolutely see it. <laughs> That's my face. Why am I having sex with a bee in bee movie? It is Jerry Seinfeld's face on a bee <laughs> and then your face on a CGI woman wearing a, a purple top in bed That's with That's basically that my Disney bee. character. That's her right Honestly, there. Look at that. It. it does look so much like the whoa whoa. Oh I'm my god. Telling gosh. you, people in this all the I have like 100,000. No, I have like 97,000 followers. I swear a bunch of them are like artists and illustrators who are like, "Hmm, I like that those lips and that jaw." You're about to have you're about to have your fan base beef in. They're gonna cause beef between <laughs> Ralph and Jerry Seinfeld's B man. Yo, I deserve <laughs> the royalties. Wow, <laughs> making money off of us. Wow. Um, okay, and then cargo shorts. I mean, one snacks. Canonically, we love snacks. Um, we love being fed. You know what else can you put in there? I don't know. They're comfy, and we don't have time to be bothered. I would say we like a little bit of breeze on our body and mm. it just gives, you know, it protects what it needs to protect, but gives us, you know, shows off some leg. Yeah, I feel like we we've been there. I feel like cargo pants are the tote bag for the waist down. You know what I yeah. mean? That's queer enough. I'm happy with yeah. that. I think Dora grew up to be queer and she's definitely a cargo wearer. Oh, for sure. So that's another character. I'm like, sorry, not to bring it back to like, but I'm like, grown ass Dora, Danny, like no question. I've posted, I've posted like photos of her. Oh, have you seen my baby photos? Oh my gosh. <gasps> no, I have her hair. I have the bangs, the straight across bangs and I have, I have the bowl cut. Oh, a hundred percent. Y'all, where so are my back. royalties? Where are Danny's? I can't, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god amused for decades we love it also like pepper ann wasn't she like wearing cargo shorts sometimes pepper ann you know um famous lesbian pepper ann so Truly. she look give us back our cargo shorts this is very tangential did you know that nanachka khan wrote for pepper ann no. I truly, so I was obsessed with Don't, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 over the pandemic. Fully obsessed. Watched it in the correct order. And wow. I found out, I was just Googling Nanachka Khan and she was she was a writer on Pepper Ann. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, sorry, for those of you who don't know, Nanachka Khan is the creator of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which famously starred Kristen Ritter and was a fantastic ensemble comedy. Um, but I still remember... Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, don't you? Yeah, cool for seventh grade. Yes. Pepper Ann, you're like one in a million. Oh, Iconic 100%. theme song. Catch her if you can, Pepper Ann. Yes. You're making Pepper Ann a queer icon now. That's she really is. what we, yeah, truly. And so was Moose. Oh, yeah. So <gasps> was Moose as well. I think they were definitely playing on gender norms, and I uh, appreciate they were way, you know, they had to do it in a way that I'm sure because of the executives had to like be sly about it but they knew what they were doing totally we talked about this last week with alex english yeah just finding f breaking the queer code to discover who represents you i love that yeah yep cool oh well danny unfortunately we're at the end of the show there are so many things i would love to talk to you about more and hopefully we'll get a chance to do it someday but i am so happy you joined us today. And before we go and say goodbye to all our listeners, I would love for people to know where they can find you, see you, and pay you. <laughs> if you do do any art, like feel free to tag me. Um, I, you know, <laughs> if I don't share it, it's not it's not anything personal. It might I just might be overwhelmed. 
uh, with things. But yeah, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on all the socials. And that's where I post the other places I'm appearing. So yeah, just follow me on there. Awesome. Amazing. Um, excited to see you on TV. You're writing. You hopefully get to see you on stage next time I'm out in LA. It was an absolute joy to have you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Please make sure to support the QWERTY podcast. If you're listening, you can subscribe, rate, and review our show right now wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get your QWERTY fix every day at QWERTY.com and read a little more about the stories we discussed today. QWERTY has been a joint production between Forever Dog and Q Digital. QWERTY is hosted by Gabe Gonzalez, produced by Andrew McGuire, engineered and edited by Shireen Lani Yunez, music by Gabe Lopez, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, Alex Ramsey, Scott Gatz, John Halbach, Dan Tracer, and Melissa D. Motz. Forever! Yeah.